everyone. Thanks for joining this week's Master Instructor Roundtable. Today, we're going to be covering healthy habits. I'm Regional Master Instructor Marty Miller here with co-host, fellow Regional Master Instructor, Miss Wendy Batts. Wendy, how are you doing today? I'm great, Marty. How are you? Good. I'm excited for today's topic. Um, you know, I was talking to you a little bit earlier in the week when we were talking about what we wanted to present. And I kind of gave you a story where I had a bunch of people over and they were kind of using the term, well, you're lucky because of this or that. And I dug into it a little bit. I'm like, well, what do you mean by I'm lucky? And they kind of alluded to the things that I do all the time, which when do you know many of them? And I looked at them like, well, you guys know that those are habits that I've purposely put into my lifestyle for a desired outcome. And that made me think that maybe our clients need to know more about this and or maybe all the fitness professionals here need to look at what their healthy habits are, digest them a little bit. Is there something that needs to be a little tweaked? Or can you use this to help set your clients up for success by looking at habits and helping them establish them within their daily routines? Yes. And uh, when you said, we, let's talk about this, I'm like, Marty, there are so many healthy habits that I actually need to start to incorporate more. And, you know, guys, a habit isn't something you do once or twice. It's something that you have to repeat over and over before it becomes a habit, before you just don't think about it. And it's just something that you do. And usually when people are talking about habits, unfortunately, we're talking about bad habits we're trying to break. And so I think when we talk about it today, we don't want to think about bad habits. We want to think about how can we turn some of those bad habits into healthy habits and then have them become our norm. Because uh, as you guys know, Marty and I have been doing this for the last few years. And uh, Marty has some really good ha habits that he does, but he's very predictable. So when he says this is something that he does, he really does do it. And there's a window of time I can call him that I know he'll be able to speak to me because he's doing like his stretching or rolling. Um, but I know too a window not to call because he's busy doing his actual exercises or whatever. So um, as a co-host friend, you can call anytime. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? I'm always driving at that point. I'm driving to work as he's doing some of the things I should be incorporating more into my lifestyle. <laughs> Excellent. No, I look forward to it. And I am a creature habit and I, I thrive with the habits. But I also think that the habits, and you know, I've studied this actually um, a little bit more in depth than we may get here today. But for me and my personality type, habits have allowed me to be successful in a lot of areas. It could be with relationships. It could be in business. So, you know, I'm obviously going to focus on the health standpoint, but I am a creature habit and I thrive in these, but there's always little tweaks we can make. Always. <laughs> so today, of course, we got to first start instead of getting right into what ours are. We got to constitute what a habit is. How do you form one? Then, of course, we will share our top. We could have gone into a lot more depth, but we'll each give you three of our top healthy habits. Yes. And so I think it's important, too, that we describe actually what is a healthy habit, like what is a habit that we're talking about in general? And so, you know, again, we have to think about what it is that we want to do. And so, you know, at that point, how can we make that a habit versus something we're feeling forced to do? And so when you define it, it's a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that's hard to give up. Again, often we talk about bad habits, but how often do you talk about your healthy or good habits, which to me is very, it's not as often as we think. We talk about how hard it is to make some of these a healthy habit. So it's a, it's a settled tendency or usual manner of a behavior. So for example, if you had to take it like someone going for a walk, 
they have a habit of going for a walk every day at this time. And, um, you know, I have a friend and her and her husband go for a walk every morning at this particular time. And, you know, it's good for relationships. It's good for them to discuss their week and their day, um, talk about changes that, you know, may have occurred in their schedule. And so to me, it's something that's very healthy. It's very good for the relationship, but that is a healthy habit. So a habit, when we're looking at the de definition this way, is something that you're making, you know, like they're, they have a habit of doing this each and every day. But it's also an acquired mode of behavior. It's something that they've wanted to do or, or something that you want to do. And it's become almost involuntary. You know, you get up in the morning. I have a certain like routine. I wake up in the morning. I first thing I do, you know, um, is is make my bed. I brush my teeth. I take a shower like I have certain things even in the shower that I do. That's just the way that I do things. And those are habits that I do in a particular order to get the outcome of being done with my shower. So, you know, when we think about these types of things, guys, I think we, we need to think, okay, what are habits that we do that we don't think about? And then at that point, if they're bad, how can we change them to make them positive? Right. And I was chuckling because my habits for the morning, I have the habit of getting everything set up the night before. <laughs> so we won't even talk about that neuroses right there. So how long does it take to form a habit? So according to the experts, it takes about 21 days. I've heard this many times to break or form a habit pattern of medium complexity. Habits that are more complex or difficult to incorporate into your lifestyle may take a little longer. And I'm quick pause there, Wendy, like when we were talking about this, I didn't catch it at first, but now when you were talking and I listened to you, I'm like, you know what? That is the still the NASMOPT model. It takes two to four weeks of repetition to make an accommodation physiologically before we go to another phase of training, right? We've always got to look at what the next step in an exercise is to improve on that. So habits are going to be very similar that it's going to take a structured period of time with, you know, very purposeful actions, just like when we do our programming to then elicit a new response. So three weeks may not sound like a very long time, but you can, without a doubt, with intention, create very powerful habits within that 21 days. Yes, but it also takes a lot of focus, a lot of thought, a lot of, you know, checks and balances each and every day. Um, for example, when you have a client that stands with their feet turned out and we're telling them to turn them straight, this being myself at one point because I danced and cheered, so I stood a certain way. I literally felt like I was walking pigeon toed or standing pigeon toed when I had to really focus on trying to keep my feet straight. And this was something that I had to constantly look at, constantly change, you know, obviously doing the stretches and, and activation things to try to help that habit form. But it was something that was more in my world, more mental, like it really took a long time for me to change. And now that I've kind of gotten out of that habit again, Marty saw me walk the other day and he's like, wow, what's going on with that right foot? Um, I'm like, oh, wow, because, you know, it's something that you don't know that you're doing and your body is going to obviously take the path of re least resistance. So, again, when we are talking about everything we've learned with the NASM methodologies, this is something, too, that really needs to be brought to the forefront, because if we are making these healthy changes in our exercise programs, we really need to make sure that we're forming these healthy habits to withstand the journey um, along those lines as well. Yeah. And for those of you just joining in today, myself, Marty Miller here with my co-host, Wendy Batts on the Master Instructor Roundtable, we're talking about healthy habits. And, you know, when we put this together, we're truly talking about our healthy habits. But as we're now going through this live, we're starting to see the direct correlation back to the NASMOPT model. Shocker that 
we can put that, tie that into anything. Always bring it back. <laughs> Always. That's why I say it's our best friend, right? But, you know, let's say I wanted to work on my flexibility. You'll see one of my habits that I purposely have time to put that in, right? So they're, they're going to go hand in hand. So, you know, that's the beauty of it. And I think that when we talk about habits, people want that type of structure. They need that type of structure. You just need to give them bite-sized pieces. Just don't overwhelm them all at once. I agree. And I think it's also to think about this, even as, as you know, you're, if you've had children or, you know, if you're still young, think about when you had to schedule certain things, you know, throughout your day, you got used to a certain routine and habits of everything that you do from the time you woke up to the time you went to school or things that you did right after school. I mean, obviously school would change depending on the topics and subjects that you're covering. But once you start breaking some of those schedules, then it starts to change, you know, people's like their comfort level. And, you know, again, we're trying to take some of these bad habits and make them positive. We're changing a comfort level or if it's a healthy habit and it's always scheduled at one particular time and now we have to change it. It's taking someone out of their comfort habit or comfort um, zone. So so these things are not easy, especially when we are going to talk about them with our clients. But you also when we're going through this today, think about what your healthy habits are. Or when we get to mine, you're going to see these are things I'm really trying to work on because I'm not there yet. This is not a habit for me, but it's something that I'm in the process of trying to make a habit. Okay. So how to form a habit. So first you have to make a decision, right? You have to make a decision that I'm going to work on this. A lot of people stop there. They don't go through these other seven things, right? They're like, okay, I'm going to eat healthier. Okay. That's a great start. But what's how are you going to make sure that you stay within, um, you know, the guidelines that you want to set forth and make it a habit? So never allow an exception to your new habit. You've got to hold yourself accountable. Things will come up, but you don't, you know, don't be like, well, just this week or just today, you know, you got to get back on track right away. You know, tell others you're practicing a new behavior because sometimes you have people like if you want to eat healthier or not drink alcohol, you got people that are trying to maybe potentially without thinking about it, say, oh, let's go grab a drink or let's. Right. Sometimes you, the people around you can uh, persuade you out of your good, uh, healthy habit. You have to visualize your new habit. You have to be able to look at it, see it. You know, visualization is huge. You got to speak it then, and then create an affirmation like, hey, I did a great job today. I for the eighth day in a row I did and then fill in the blank. And then you have to find a way to persist. You've got to resolve that. And Wendy, you know me, I travel a ton. I'm going to get my mobility in. So you know, I had to travel this morning to get here. So I was up at 345 in the morning. You know that I normally do that first thing in the morning. Guess what I'm doing at five o'clock tonight, which is not my sweet spot. I'm going to do it though, because it's that important to me. And then you're going to reward yourself. However, that is, as long as it keeps you within your good habits, right? So these are seven ways on how you can form a habit. Yeah. And I think the hardest one is making, you know, making the decision is pretty much easy, but then taking it to the next step. And like you said, you know, unfortunately we see this at the beginning when people set this new year's resolution, this is what I'm going to do. They know what they want to do. They've made the decision. And then after that, like you said, over time, it's easily you're getting yourself out of, of that habit um, because it was never really set. You really didn't, you weren't all in. And so in order to form a habit, especially a healthy one, you got to go all in and you got to be very, very persistent and consistent and then whatever it is that you're choosing to do um, in order for it to become something involuntary. 
Mm-hmm. Very cool. So I'm going to start with now there, there's no plugs for any one company here if you see something. But um, one of the things that I started to do probably three years ago was I realized that I would get up first thing in the morning and I would want to go through my day and I would start with coffee. I love coffee. There's a lot of great health benefits to coffee, especially the way I drink it. I don't load it up with sugars and creams and things like that. But I realized that, you know, I would stop drinking around 7 p.m. And I was what I would say is a fairly good hydrator, but I wanted to sleep through the night because sleep is important to me. So I stopped drinking around 7 p.m. And then I'd wake up at 5 a.m. And then I would do some things. Then around six, I'd have a cup of coffee or two. And then I may not actually get uh, water until 6, 30, 7 o'clock. So it'd been 12 hours since uh, I was hydrating. So I'm like, okay, I need to change that habit. So when I was talking about um, the night before now, so then I was like, okay, if I'm going to hydrate, I want a great hydration. I want, I don't want just flat water. So I found, um, cause I travel so much zip fizz had made an immune health packet had a lot of the, the, the vitamins and minerals I'd want. So I would get my 16 ounce bottle of water, fill it up, put the min- the vitamins in the night before, have it in the fridge. Cause boom, I could just get my day started and go. So they've changed that formula. So now I'm using something else um, from zip fizz, but I, I'm, there's three of those in my bag right now because I'm in a hotel and tonight I already went out and bought my bottle of water, got it downstairs. And tonight, before I go to bed, I'm going to put that in. And when I wake up at five o'clock to go do my mobility stuff, that is, it's just, there's no excuse. It's already preset. I found an easy way to travel with them. Um, of course, if I forgot one, of course I would just go with the water, but I just, there, it's just an automatic thing that I'm, that I'm, they're on auto order. I know exactly how many I need. They go in my backpack if I'm traveling and they, the night before it's in the fridge. So there's just no excuses. And that's how I start my day already hydrating right out of the gate. We are so different. <laughs> I am like, if I don't have my coffee, nobody wants to talk to me. So that is definitely not my first go-to. However, no one's talking to me that time in the morning I'm by myself. <laughs> but you know, and and that's that's the beauty of this is you can see that's Marty's like that's the first thing he does in the morning. First thing I do after I do all my you know like shower and stuff is I come and I drink coffee and I drink it until a certain time of day, and then after that I go water. And so, you know, and I have a really hard time. I don't like adding things to my water. Like my husband's a huge element fan. My son is really getting into some of the, the fizzy things to, um, that are obviously very beneficial, but I am just straight up water. However, I love water. I love it really cold. There's a ton of bottle of waters in there. I, that's what my go-to is from like basically noon on. And, um, and I drink it the rest of the day, but, uh, the important thing and the overall reason for this one is it is important to hydrate no matter what time of day, but if you are going to be outside and you are going to be doing things, it's really important too, that you take that in consideration, especially if you are, you know, sweating a lot, you know, if you're a salter and you guys know what I mean, if you are a salter, meaning your hat is completely white uh, versus it being wet, um, it's very important to definitely hydrate as much as you can. Yeah. And if you're working out first thing in the morning, you're already dehydrated when you wake up. So keep that in consideration. Then one of my favorites, this is my go-to. So five o'clock in the morning, if I'm home, Wendy knows this, I'm up. I've already got my hydration kicking and then I'm doing mobility work for at least 30 minutes. And it's a combination of foam rolling and some static into active stretching with some correctives has nothing to do with the workout I'm going to do at some point in the day. 
This is just resetting my body first thing in the morning after I've hydrated or during the hydration process. It's a way for me just to kind of get focused for the day. And I want to move as well as possible. So I will spend at least 30 minutes doing mobility. Sometimes I'll go 45 minutes. Then this is not part of my workout routine. This doesn't count. This is just like somebody flossing their teeth. This is just what I do. Then if I go to the gym an hour or two later, then I'll do a more targeted, you know, warm up for that phase of training based on what I'm doing. But I'll go through a full body. I've got a routine. And when he knows, we've talked about this before, I started uh, some hot yoga recently. So I've been able to add some new mobility stuff more into that active phase activation. But I feel so much better if I get this done. So today, being up at 345, having to leave the house by 415 because I wanted my seven hours sleep. And now I'm not going to do mobility to the end of the day. I just I feel a little cranky. I'm not going to lie. Right. But I'm going to get it in. But it's I love it when it's first thing in the morning, even in the hotels, like tomorrow morning, since I'm not traveling, I'll be in our showroom, 5 a.m., 5.15, back right on track. Yes. And again, that is so not me. Um, I would do it at, in the evening. And and as Marty knows, too, I mean, I hit the ground running at 3.45 or 4 o'clock myself. Like, this is almost every day. I've got, you know, clients that I've got to see or... I get up and shower and get the day going because I also have my little guy. Now that he's not in school, I've got to get him places. I've got things I've got to get, you know, get done before everybody else in the house wakes up. And so um, that is something that I feel like, okay, I can't do in the morning. However, um, I spend time doing my traction for my neck um, every night, then go into the stretching and corrective exercises. But I do mine before I go to bed. So in high hopes that I don't screw it up and wake up in the morning and feel like, you know, I feel great usually, um, unless I slept all weird, but <laughs> would it be better in the morning? Yes. But that would be something that I can say I do. I just don't do it until before I go to bed once everybody else is asleep. <laughs> and then a new one, I'm all about the data. I love data. So when I work out, it's a training program. It's not just random exercise. I'm looking at data. So it's, you know, I would say since I got my newest version of my Apple watch, because Wendy, I think maybe in the future, we'll talk about exercise versus activity. I'll just, I'll leave that little tease out there. So I want my very focused training sessions and I want to know that I'm improving. So I need to use the data, whether it's METS, whether it's VO2 max, whether it's you fill it out, depending on what phase of training or what I'm doing, Watts, but I will always get my 10,000 steps. I am a nut job. I was just walking up and down the hallway in the hotel on a phone call because I've been sitting too much. You know, now I'm still going to go work out, but I'm still going to use that data to create that. I'm going to get my 10,000 steps. There's a ton of research behind why that number is reasonably important, but I use data every single day um, and it helps keep me focused. And then that if we had more habits, that would help me know what I can, should eat volume wise that day. So it just lends itself to other things. Plus, if I need more sleep, if I'm overtraining, all of those things will come down by having data-driven outcomes. So I'm a huge fan and it's so easy nowadays. You know, there's so many different wearables. Oh, yes. I wear a bunch of different ones um, because I want to, I'm waiting for the, one of the data that, that I, you know, to come up that I really like. And then I'm going to go with that one because I'm like, this one's red. This one's yelling at me. This one's this. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm the same thing. I really want to know. I mean, you know, and if you guys have read some of the most current research when it's talking about 10,000 steps, I mean, that's just a number that people kind of came up with. However, that is a number that everyone seems to know. So when you're looking at something, it may be a little less talking about getting the health benefits. However, everyone knows 10,000 steps. 
if that's what your goal is, just do it. Um, but, you know, I think it's really important to this, especially when you're doing the activity um, to see kind of how hard you're pushing yourself and to what limits, because, you know, I just took running back up and saw my heart rates, you know, skyrocket and things when I was going uphill where before it wasn't. And so it just kind of lets me know where I'm at and then a goal to achieve in order to reach, um, you know, the numbers that I really feel comfortable at and, uh, and I really want to see versus what I'm seeing currently on some of my, some of my, uh, data-driven uh, pieces of technology I have on. <laughs> All right, Marty, let's go into some of mine. Again, I am going to start with, these are things that I'm working on um, because planning your meals. I was really good during the pandemic planning the meals because we weren't allowed to go out. You know, I was really trying to focus on eating healthy, making sure that, you know, if we weren't able to go into a gym, what could we do? in order on the nutrition side to make the right choices. And we did an amazing job. My husband and I felt great. And then once kind of everything opened back up, we were like, how much, how easy is it to run over here and grab this? And, oh, you know, we've got this practice tonight and this is going to be a late night. So, you know, rather than making plans, which we would do on Sundays, go to the grocery store and then plan the week out. Um, and everything from what is our protein versus our vegetables and, you know, making sure that it was very well balanced throughout all of our meals. Um, it became now a bad habit that we got back into of easily just ordering out or grabbing, grab and go. And so I think it's very important, especially if you're thinking about overall health, like a healthy journey and lifestyle to plan your meals and think about, you know, what is it that you want to eat? What is it that makes you feel the best? eat colorful. We all know that smaller plates, because again, we want a full plate, the smaller the plate, the more food it looks like you have. So it's kind of really good to mess up your mind and then limit the snacks, 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 get people in trouble. Um, and so if you are going to have snacks, make sure they're healthier choices. Or if you have potato chips, don't take the bag with you, put them in a small bowl if you have to have it. Um, but just also don't limit yourself. If you really feel like you want something, then, then eat it. Because as soon as you say you can't have something, that's what you're craving. But just be smart. If you do eat that, think about something that you're going to do to help burn that off. Yeah, this this one's interesting for me because when I'm on the road, man, you just don't know what you're going to run into. So I travel with snacks. Sorry, Wendy, I'm a snacker. But I, I take that. Snacks good. It's good not, ones. No, it's not that the snacks don't count. I just have to take that into account that if I'm in a bind, I'd rather have something with me that I know falls into a category I like compared to trying to find something. And then I, you know, Wendy will know this about me. And if you guys see me on social media, yes, I love avocado toast. But part of it is it's predictable. It's everywhere. I can get it home. It fills me up. It's got a good nutritional profile no matter where I get it. So I eat a lot of the same foods over a week due to the fact that I, I've studied them. I know the volume of foods I can eat. I know where the nutrition's coming from. And, you know, that's where... Uh, I'm okay with having the same because I rarely am home long enough to do a full weeks of shopping. So I just have to do mine differently. Yes. I cannot join you in the avocado toast because y'all I'm allergic to avocados. So there's, there's your, your nugget for the day. And if you're just joining to uh, Marty Miller and myself, Wendy Batts today on the master instructor Roundtable, we're talking about healthy, healthy habits. Um, not that I'm allergic to avocados, but that is part of, of something that Marty does that I obviously cannot do. But, you know, again, thinking about your data, thinking about, you know, hydration, you know, thinking about, um, you know, planning your meals, doing your stretches and foam rolling. And then we're going to go into my next one here. Um, scheduling time for yourself. 
I am horrible at this horrible, but I'm really, really trying to change my ways. And those of you guys that do have children, those of you guys that have multiple jobs, those, you know, there's so many things going on that my schedule is not the same as Marty's and in Marty's isn't the same as someone else. But the thing is, is you have to schedule time for yourself. It's so good for your mental capacity, you know, being mindfulness, you know, having a mindful like just taking time for your mind and, you know, doing meditation, maybe doing some yoga, doing some deep breathing, you know, quiet time. Um, the other day I sat in my room in the dark and just for like 10 minutes, no one could find me. They didn't know where I was. And it was like the best 10 minutes because I actually, I could feel my heart rate go down. I could feel my stress level go down and then I could go back out and be the person that I want to be. And so I think, you know, really trying to acknowledge the times of your day that may be more stressful than others step away from the internet, step away from your devices, put that away. I mean, we talk about it, you know, going to sleep, but sometimes too, if you have a lot of anxiety, getting on the computer and looking at everything that's going on will just make that worse sometimes. And so I really think that you should do something that you enjoy, whether it's going out for a walk or going out for a run. But if you don't schedule time for yourself and actually make that time, it's easy to bypass you know, the entire day goes by and you didn't do one thing that you wanted to do. Everything was what you felt like you had to do or you were doing for someone else. And so this is, I think, very, very important, but one that we really need to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's things that I've tried recently, you know, I, and when I do martial arts, you don't bring your cell phone in. I started the yoga. You don't bring your cell phone in. And now I've even uh, started to schedule in pickleball and I bought a uh, stand up paddleboard because if you're doing that, you cannot be distracted. Right. So that was very mindful of I want something that takes me out of the house because I'm phenomenal at finding more work to do. Being on my like, so I've, I've learned. And again, you know, I don't have young children now at the house, things like that. So I'm like, OK, this is going to be me time. And I've purposely scheduled any of those four activities because they, without a doubt, take over an hour or at least an hour sometimes three or four hours. And it just, it forces me to shut down from the work type of life and really focus on a healthy type of activity. But it's really just totally focused on that activity and you just get such a great reset. And I think it's important. I'm going to leave you, you know, before we go to the next one, but the last thing I'm going to say about this slide is just remember, no one's going to take care of you, but you. I mean, there are going to be people that are just going to support you and be a part of it. But if you have to realize that you are the, you are in control of your choices and, um, you know, sometimes you need to reset. And I think, you know, just even if it's just 10 minutes a day, that 10 minutes is something that could really, really add more time to your life and make you feel better about how the rest of the day is going to go. Um, so I think that's important. And then my last one here, again, I said I'm working on it. As you guys heard me say when Marty was talking about, you know, his corrective exercise, I'm the first one up and the last one to go to bed. And, um, you know, that's not always good because that means I'm not getting what the, the this is I've pulled from the CDC. This is something that um, is a chart, not that I made up. It's just out there. And so you can see, obviously, when we we're born, we're sleeping 14 to 17 hours, um, ideally. But again, this is something that um, just what newborns do. They just sleep and eat and poop and then repeat. <laughs> and then you can see, unfortunately, when we get to the ages of 18 to 60, it's, you know, it's about seven or more hours per night. So seven minimum. Um, ideally, we've heard eight to nine would be most ideal sweet spot. And then anything longer than that, you know, 
good for you if that's that's how you know how your day is what, what you're allowed to do unfortunately not a lot of our schedules allow us to do that and so um yeah i'm working on this one marty <laughs> Yeah, and I'm going to add in there, Wendy, you know, this is so you can go tell Tony that I said this is true. Women, from what I've seen in the research is women will need more sleep because a lot of their hormones are producing their adrenals, which only can recharge at sleep. Men, we do a lot of that differently. Um, you know, so we have a, a distinct advantage there that, you know, maybe we can cut out maybe one hour sleep. So it's not that we don't need sleep, but maybe men need about seven to eight. Women can need up to eight to nine. So you know, there is a, a difference there due to the adrenals. Hmm. Yeah, so we Wendy, talked about that before, but, you know, I said I'm got, working on it again. You got permission <laughs> to sleep even longer now. Well, I think, you know, these are just some key takeaways. And it's not like some of this is like you've never heard before. But I think one of the things I want you guys to get out of today is Marty's done very well at making healthy habits pretty much part of his lifestyle. And I'm really struggling but trying to make healthy habits and even though we know what stuff that is good for us and we know what we need to do, it's really making time for yourself and scheduling what's going to work for you and your family and your job and your obligations. But oftentimes we put ourselves on the back burner. So I think when you think of how your life is going and what you know that you're doing well, that's when you need to think about how you can help your clients or talk to your clients about it and then create successful strategies for yourself if you're in my shoes or if your clients are in that same struggling category that you can help them change their lifestyle journey, because that's what I think as personal trainers, we should focus on. And then feel free to steal any of our information, sometimes throwing statistics out, especially if you've got CEOs that are very analytical, they want to know what does the research say? Why are you telling me to do this? And so take any of this information and you can really, really help change someone's life for the better. Love it. Couldn't have said it better. I think the key thing is let's just get on it and start focusing it. So Wendy, why don't you share your contact information with these amazing people? Yeah, if you guys have any you know, questions for me, you can always email me at wendy.bats at nasm.org, or you can find me on Instagram at wendy.bats13. And my information is coming up right here. So you've got my Instagram at dr.martymiller72, and then my email marty.miller at nasm.org. So Wendy, thank you so much for sharing uh, your healthy habits and what you're working on and always being honest. <laughs> in you know what you face every day but so does everybody else right no one's got uh, a, a full schedule where they can only focus on themselves so but for any of you that joined us today thank you guys so much you are the best part of what we do and we look forward to seeing you next week on the master instructor roundtable 